All right, folks, welcome. We're here. We're back. Storms can't stop us. Yeah. Ice doesn't slow us down. On this Snowy Hill podcast. Yeah. We've renamed the podcast. Yeah, you might be able, if you listen closely, you might be able to hear in the background a tractor that is scraping the sidewalk. Snow moving equipment. Yeah. So we had to cancel services on Sunday. Cancel Bruce, school. How does What is that like when we have to cancel services? It's weird. Here? It's like an adult snow day. Remember it when is. you were a kid, you just lived for the day they canceled school, but... Mm-hmm. I think when you're an adult, it's like, what a hassle. Let's just do life. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Sat around, yep. read some books, ate, probably yeah. gained weight, you know, yeah. in the in the snow days. It's but. like the holidays just got extended a tiny bit or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, we hate to cancel. We never like to cancel, but uh, we, th- especially on this side of town, we are on, yeah. on a hill, and yeah. this hill gets worse than yep. just about anywhere else. And if you're here. listening and friends uh, that are outside mm-hmm. the Salem area, I know we've got people up in Colorado and Montana and on the other side of the world. Oh, you yeah. missed a good whopping snowstorm, ice storm, yeah. and uh, a lot of crazy drivers. Yeah. Well, any almost everywhere else that gets snow, though, will laugh at us. Yeah, that's true. Because we get two inches of yeah. ice or snow around here, and it, it just shuts everything down. Yeah, yeah. Because we just we do not have the equipment as, yeah. as a city. Yeah, everybody to handle out. it. Yeah, and in Kansas City, they're playing football and you know, oh yeah, three below. Yeah, so. yeah. People in it's the stands, all relatives. People in the stands with their shirts off. Yeah, yeah. and they're shoveling the snow to get to their seat. Uh huh. That's a yeah. tough American football crowd right there. It is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're we'll be back at it this Sunday. So this podcast will come out later, but. Um, yeah, yeah, we uh, sometimes you got to do that. Yeah, last week, uh, last podcast, we had a guest mm-hmm. with us, Mark Godfrey. Yeah, talked a little bit about the mm-hmm. potential of uh, business with a mission, and uh, you know, he took us on a little trip down to Peru and back up here and over to Africa. And that guy gets around. He gets around, and it was mm-hmm. cool just to hear how people, uh, businessmen who have a vision to use their resources and to use their expertise. Yep. Expand the kingdom. If you didn't get a chance to uh, watch that, that's a good one. And that guy's got a lot of wisdom in him. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Which I, mean, I really appreciate. You know, he's a he's a, a fourth quarter guy, uh, living his life rather than just retiring and sitting around doing mm-hmm. nothing. He's um he's advancing the kingdom with all that expertise and yep experience. Cool. What quarter am I in? Uh, you know, it depends on which day I'm looking at you. <laughs> I'm basically asking to predict how long I live, I guess. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Only God knows our days uh, are in his hands. Speaking of guys with wisdom, um, we did kind of open up for questions yeah. again. So we're going to do a little bit of that off and on while still continuing to talk about sermon series, which uh, mm-hmm. this last Sunday would have been our first Sunday. Yeah, new series. Yeah, we would have been uh, starting an introduction to Revelations, but that's going to be pushed to this this. Sunday. Um, by the time you listen to this, you're probably already hearing it, I assume. Yeah. Um, but so we'll be talking about Revelations here in the podcast some as well. But we also want to hit some of the questions that we kind of started this podcast off with. People had questions, yeah. and uh, it's not that we have the answers to every question, but you're basically asking from a pastor, what does a pastor think of mm-hmm. this? And so we're trying to give pastoral answers as best we can. Yeah. And if you don't know, I mean, if you didn't know that, you can send in questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, go on our webpage, and you'll see a spot there. Yeah, and uh, this uh, this is a two parter, um, and I feel like the first part is definitely aimed at you. Hmm. The first part is why does God like the Yankees more than the Cubs? Oh, uh, that's a great question. I actually, like, whoever sent this in, yeah, if that's you, Derek, out in Colorado, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you this, but um, mm-hmm. that's just false doctrine. <laughs> it's good. That's heresy. That person is an error to even yeah. assume that God would love the Yankees from okay. New York. More than the okay. Chicago Cubs. All right, but um, that's the end of that. I mean, I don't know what else. Yeah. What else to say? So I mean, basically, I mean, really, I mean, I can't believe even somebody would even entertain mm-hmm. such a, 
a foolish question. It sounds like it's time for church discipline, so we can we can come around to that later. Yeah, yeah. Especially now that you've named them and shamed them, we'll leave that. And if you're struggling alone. with that, get a hold of us. <laughs> That's right, because everyone knows God doesn't like baseball at all. Uh, so Romans, <laughs> his next part is is this is a great question. The next part is a great question, um, and it is to do with the Bible verse. Uh, I'll read it, and then we'll read the verse, yeah. and then we might need to look at some of the verses surrounding it to get a good answer for it. But his his question is this. Uh, Romans 8.28 is used during hard times to help people deal with pain. Sounds valuable, mm-hmm. help people deal with pain. Yeah. It says, I need help understanding this because I struggle believing this to be true. It feels more like an attempt to sprinkle pixie dust on Christians during hard times. Mm. So he's saying people pull out this verse when other people are having hard times or maybe even when they're yeah. having a hard time, uh, but he struggles, like if it's, he's saying himself, I struggle to believe this to be true, and it feels like an attempt to just sprinkle pixie dust, make make someone feel better. Yeah. It's a great word picture. It is. Great word picture, something that's going to ease the pain a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's true, I think, to some degree. Well, um, let's let's read the verse so, yeah, we, know, that's good so idea. we know what we're talking let's about. Start there, yeah. So Romans 8.28, stand alone, just says this, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So that's the mm-hmm. that's the one sentence out of a, a, a bigger picture. Uh, and, uh, of course, this is Roman, so it's Paul writing to the Roman church and telling them that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And the, the asker of this question says, I have a hard time believing that's true, and mm-hmm. it also just feels like they're there, everything will be all right, it's, it's good, God's got it. Yeah. 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 Well, obviously, this is a probably a bigger subject than we can unpack in the in the minutes, a few minutes we have. But I think I understand what he's saying, and I think he's right to some degree that that has been used as just sort of a mm-hmm. a band aid or something to human suffering or pain or tragedy or trauma or whatever. Yeah. I think though it's not totally fair to just take that scripture alone, just cherry pick that one scripture, and try to. Get it to make sense one way or the other, or not make sense. So, but mm-hmm. if you read it in the entire context of Romans eight, Romans eight mm-hmm. is all about the transformative power of the gospel yeah. and the presence of Jesus in the life of a believer. Mm-hmm. The focus in Romans eight is on again just that it's on Jesus and it's mm-hmm. on that that His dwelling, indwelling presence, His grace uh, transforming us. Right? There is no condemnation. Yeah. Things are new, and so on and so forth. So, if if someone is going through something terrible, say it's um, I don't know the worst of the I mean, say it's a really bad diagnosis. Yeah, or the and, loss, and, sudden loss, and a sudden loss of, of a uh, loved one, a loved one. I mean, let's go. I mean, not, not trying to just be, let's take it maybe to the to the extreme, like um, that something, someone evil takes some someone from you. Right. That isn't just like they died of but what what if this terrible thing happened and you have a someone murdered that you love? Mm-hmm. Is this verse saying that oh that's all right. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's a that's a tough piece right there. Sure. I, I I couldn't you can't call evil good. Yeah. You can't call a murderous act good. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure you can even call cancer or something, a tornado or a hurricane, mm-hmm. good. 
But I, I'm not sure, again, that's the, that's the flow of that scripture, right. because the bigger picture, I think, in that scripture is God is able. God mm-hmm. is able. So there is a God who presides over the universe, yeah. all the good and all the evil. But of course, now that brings up the question, well, mm-hmm. did God allow this, this evil? Mm-hmm. I think we live in a fallen universe. We yeah. live in a, in a universe that's dark, uh, evil coexist, the wheat and the tares, yeah. right along with good. And so that's the place we live on planet Earth while mm-hmm. we're in these human bodies. But in the end, God says, I will have the last word when it comes to your life or a, a, a nation or a yeah. people or a circumstance. Mm-hmm. Cancer is not going to have the, the last word. And I could think of a ton of anecdotal examples mm-hmm. of people who have gone through tragedy and it has turned for good. It it has been used to right. produce some something profitable. Was it fun? No. Was it painless? No, not at all. Was it grieving? Of course. But yeah, it's it's. I think it's a question of perspective. Yeah, I I, I would agree. I, I'm just trying to maybe get to the point that when we pull that verse and and give it to people, I think it's a valuable thing to do. I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, to share that with someone, um, but. It does need um, contextualization of some kind to say, you know, within the context here, if you just go to the beginning of the thought, Paul's saying, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. So in other words, it is, it's real suffering. Yeah. Without question. Yeah. Yeah. We're not trying to minimize that. No, it's real. It's actual suffering that really hurts. It's just in comparison to the glory it's not. It's incomparable, yeah. is what he's saying here. He says, for the creation waits eagerly, longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility. There's futility there's the in universe. this world. There's right. like futility yeah. in this world. There's pain in this world. There's there's hurting in this world. And that the the next verse after verse twenty eight then says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of God. Yeah. What a in order they passage. may be firstborn among many mm-hmm. many brothers. So. The good that he's describing here, that all things work together to good, isn't that it is good necessarily in the moment. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't, like, it can be bad. doesn't fit my plans, even. Right, but it can produce good, and the good being specifically that we're conformed to the image of his son. Yeah. And Which, that we are firstborn. You so. think about the context, in, even in the time where this, the time context when this was written, mm-hmm. this was written to the first century church. And the first century church was under the under under great persecution. They lived under the cloud of, of uh, of hatred yeah. and bigotry and so forth against the church yeah. just for being Jesus followers. So Paul writes these words as an encouragement to mm. these living in Rome, which was the seat of the persecution. Right? Yeah. It was the Roman government. It was the Roman system that was yeah against the Christian movement. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is going to come out, actually, in a couple weeks, even in our sermon message. Like, what all these new believers were doing was just trying to follow this Jewish rabbi and love others, mm-hmm. just love God and love others. And yet they were hated and hounded because they wouldn't bow to the, the things of the day, you know, the movements yeah. of the day. But even Peter, who was a contemporary earlier than Paul, but that first century Christian, Peter said, listen, these are light. He describes trials mm-hmm. as light and, and momentary yeah. Afflictions, light mm-hmm. and moment. What is it like? But when you think about what was going on, they were yeah. they were murdering Christians. They were mm-hmm. throwing them to the lions. They were being eaten alive. They were being burned at the stake. 
And Paul, Peter calls those light and momentary. So he must have had something in view mm-hmm. to inform that kind of an attitude that was like, wait a minute. And, and, and yeah. so you think about 2024, the, the life we're living, the world we're living in, especially in the Western world, where any kind of pain is avoided at all costs, any kind of discomfort, any kind mm-hmm. of injustice, we rage against that. Yeah. But we almost think that's our right. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, my, I have a right to a totally happy life, and I think that starts you off on the wrong foot. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so later he gives a list of terrible things yeah. in the context of mm-hmm. what they can't do. They can't separate us. And if we can't be separated, then we can't lose. Right. And the, in the, end. the list sounds like tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. All the things that they were living in real yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, that those are genuinely bad things. Yeah. And so Paul is saying this in the context of all these things, even these things that are, you know later he's going to list just a few verses later, all of those things can still be used to conform you to the image. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it'd be fair to ask, you know, he doesn't get to ask this because he's not in, in a conversation with us, he just has to send a static question, but does that mean that God needs those things to do that? No, he doesn't need evil. To do good. No, that's, not at all. That's, that's that would crazy. Be, that'd be dangerous. Yeah. yeah. He does not need evil to do good. But because evil exists doesn't mean that he can't still do good. You think about the greatest good that the universe has ever seen came out of the greatest act of evil. What was that? We're going to crucify the Son of God. I mean, you could crucify right. apostles and politicians and this and that, but we are going to betray, torture, and murder the Son of God. Mm-hmm. And how God allowed that to unfold, yeah. and like a jujitsu expert, he took that evil and mm-hmm. turned it for the salvation of the world, right? Yeah. For, you know, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I think that prayer is super profound, more than we even imagine. Um, they don't know what, they didn't know what they were doing. They actually were playing in yeah. to God's overall, overarching plan. So assuming our the author of this question um wrote this very deliberately and intentionally. He's saying two things. I need help understanding this. I mean, hopefully we gave a little bit of context to understand it and what we just said. Mm. But he says, I need help understanding this because I struggle to believe it, yeah. that it's true. So understanding it is one thing, but then actually believing it, believing that you know, if, if it's them or a close loved one who is going through something terrible, that the truth is that that terrible thing can still produce good in their life. Yeah. That's a little trickier, to be honest. I yeah. mean, not that understanding it is easy. I think understanding it is really challenging. Yeah. And there are still people that see it very differently than us, disagree with us about it, uh, and just say, no, this that is evil, so God is bad. They, you know, or Because if, if the argument is, for evil to exist, God can't be good, because either right. he's not good enough to fix it or he's not strong enough to fix it. Yeah. Age there's old a, argument. Yeah. So, such good answers to that question, but we don't believe that. But then, how wh- how do you help someone believe then that this bad thing that's happening can produce good in us? Mm. Is there any help believe, helping someone else believe, or is it just hey, you just have to receive it and believe it? Yeah, that's a great. Uh, the, those two words that the writer uses are mm-hmm. really. Uh, I think key words: understanding and believing, because they're they're inseparably linked, aren't they? Yeah. Until the disciples and his followers 
had an understanding. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not just talking about an intellectual level, but yeah. something at a heart level that said, yeah. the Roman uh, centurion is a good example. Here's this mm-hmm. hardened Roman soldier whose job was to crucify this, this rebellious Jew. Right. And at the foot of the cross, he watches how he dies, mm-hmm. and the writer, the gospel writer record, he said, surely this was the Son of God. Well, what mm-hmm. happened in that moment? There had to have been some kind of light bulb yeah. moment, understanding mm-hmm. like, this person that we just crucified yeah. was not an ordinary person. Mm-hmm. And then, in a sense, he believed mm-hmm. this was the Son of God. So I think understanding and belief are inseparately linked. I'm not sure... Mm-hmm where the handoff is, but yeah. I think understanding, because if, if if I'm working from an understanding of uh, bad things shouldn't happen to good people, maybe the understanding is a little bit flawed, because mm-hmm. in the history of the world, all kinds of bad things have happened to good people, Yeah, but in the, un- in the end, evil didn't triumph. Yeah, I I would think this might be one of those places, because I, I, I definitely, there are things that I might intellectually understand and still struggle to really believe oh, them, man, yeah. right? And it's where I think practicing belief, and maybe that sounds crazy, but is is valuable. Like I'm going to practice believing this, yeah. and and part of it is okay. It's gotten into my head, but I need to I need to walk it out somehow. I need to I need to show in some way. Man. Oh God, I, maybe it's a prayer. Maybe it's vocalizing in prayer. God, I believe your word is true. I'm reading your word. This is what it says. I'm I I think I've wrapped my head around it as best mm. as I can. Uh, and I'm going to tell you that I believe it. And then, God, help me in my unbelief. Yeah. How do I walk then right. through this day, through this diagnosis, through this tragedy, believing what you told me? Just the simple statement, God is good. Yeah. Well, I can think of 10 things that would fight that in my head. Like, well, God, oh, yeah. God doesn't seem to be good there mm-hmm. or, or there. What about this? But... At some point, I have to either disagree or agree with that statement mm-hmm. that God is good. Now, I may have to do that without understanding. Think about the idea of the concept of forgiveness, something as uh, simple as yeah. forgiveness. Yeah, understand it intellectually. Yeah. Well, even even intellectually, I might disagree with it. That doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. Yeah. You hurt me. You owe me. Mm-hmm. I deserve, and yet the God calls me in Jesus Christ to yeah. forgive you. Well, so this the shooting that happened a few years ago in the Amish community. I think it was about I don't know five six years ago. Yeah, at least. And 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 those people who had suffered, they were victims of the shooting of a mass mm-hmm. shooting. A crazy man mm-hmm. burst into a gathering and and just f- for no reason at all uh, murders innocent people. And at that at those trials, they made statements that said, "We forgive you." Now mm-hmm. that I don't understand that mm-hmm. intellectually, that makes. That's illogical. Makes no sense. They cancel a debt, yeah. but we all know that it's powerful because mm-hmm. it something breaks, something is uh, is interrupted, and mm-hmm. the cycle of violence is interrupted, hatred is interrupted, bitterness is interrupted, and all of a sudden grace floods it. And even after it happens, sometimes we still yeah. don't understand it, but we yeah. we act on it, believing the little bit that we that mm-hmm. we believe, and say, okay, well, I'm just going to obey out of simple faith. Yeah, yeah, I think. Simple faith is tricky. Yeah. Because it from the outside, it can just look like pixie dust. Yeah, which is it simplistic like. faith. Yeah. So there's a difference, a distinction mm-hmm. I'm making between yeah. simple and simplistic. Mm-hmm. Simplistic is is just foolish pixie dust, right? Yeah. Simple is the attitude of a child that says, mm-hmm. Daddy, I don't totally understand, but I'm just going to trust you. Yeah. I, I, I think what I... 
the the picture I'm I have in my head is um like between my wife and I, there can be times when one of us has more faith than the other for whatever, mm-hmm. whatever circumstance it is. And uh and it almost feels like when you're the one with less faith, you're smarter. It I know that sounds funny, but what I mean is like if I'm the one with less faith and she's just not worried, mm. she's just going around like, and she'll just say, I just trust God. Yeah. Well, what, uh, But we don't have what we need to do this thing. She yeah. says, well, I know, but God is good. Yeah. That feels like, uh, well, you're just, you're ignoring facts and I'm looking at facts and I'm going to deal with the real problem and you're just going to walk around in your fairy land <laughs> like everything's going to be all right. Yeah, yeah. But then the, you know, the roles will reverse and sometimes it'll be, she's, and she's worried about something and I'll be the one saying... It's going to be fine. God is good. Yeah. God is... And that, that sounds simplistic, but it's not. It, it is simple, but it's incredibly hard to believe sometimes, but it is, it is true. Mm. And, and I, I think the reality is sometimes mm. we get almost proud about my worry about my, well, you're just... You're crazy to believe that. Like, well, we're actually not crazy to believe this. Mm. And part of that comes from history. Uh, you know, I've had history of God being good. And that even sometimes when I thought, man, God is not being good to me right now. This is hard. This is terrible. With enough distance, I can look back and go, huh, maybe actually he was being really good to me and I didn't even know it. Uh, Maybe he was doing something there that I completely could not see or understand in the moment. And now I'm starting to get glimmers of, I'm starting to see more. And enough to really believe that on the other side of eternity, I'll be able to look back and go, oh, he was completely good all the time in every circumstance. Even when evil was involved, he was good and used uh, even evil to do good things. Yeah, you know the perspective that you—that's what you're describing—is sometimes distance gives me perspective, or time gives mm-hmm. me perspective. In other words, uh, in the moment I see things a certain way, and I come to some conclusion to make sense right. of the moment. I have to make some sense of it in order to yeah. survive. I just can't live in this this ambiguity, right? But then later on, I realized that some of my conclusions in the moment were flawed or or not totally informed, and mm-hmm. then later. I go, oh yeah, yeah. He was, he was there. Or, yeah. I mean, you can imagine. You know who's a great example of this? Uh, a, a historical figure, a woman by the name of Corrie Tenboom, who lived during the Nazi occupation of Holland. Her entire family was hauled off to the camps. Most of mm-hmm. them perished there. Her own sister, her parents, and she wrote uh, a book, several books, and it was a. a an internationally known speaker yeah. about her journey towards forgiveness, and she mm-hmm. carried a huge burden of anger and hatred and bitterness, mm-hmm. and rightfully so because evil yeah. had perpetrated all this on her. Mm-hmm. But from a different perspective, years later, and in the, it's not that time heals. I don't think time heals anything necessarily, but in yeah. time, what changes my understanding of God and my understanding of the circumstance, mm-hmm. and in time, God can deal with our hearts soften the blow, smooth out the this 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 rawness yeah. that's in our souls when we experience loss or injustice. Mm. And then there's a there's something that happens in our heart that we that we make the turn and we and we believe and trust. Yeah. We still may not have all the answers to our satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have family members who lost uh who lost children as mm-hmm. a result of violence. Yeah. Uh, injustice and uh, and it's taken years to heal. And some parts of your heart may never totally heal this mm-hmm. side of this side of heaven, but there's a God who assures us, you know, yeah. He's waiting, waiting to judge yeah. evil and waiting to reward faithfulness. It definitely, it feels like a conversation that that will go on forever because every 
every new instance of pain oh, or same, evil will, same, yeah. will, will bring this back and charge and challenge my faith in this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to say it for somebody else. It's another thing when it happens to me. Can I believe this? Or does it now just feel like yeah. the sprinkling of pixie dust? Um, <laughs> so uh, maybe let, let, there's another question here. It's a little bit longer, so I'm, I'm going to read it. Um, and just, just hang on for a second and, and listen. I, th- I think it's a really great question uh, written by a newlywed husband. He says, as a newlywed husband, I am very much struggling with how spiritual leadership should actually look. Does this mean that I'm leading a Bible study for my wife and myself? Does it just mean keeping our spiritual house in order? I've always struggled in my understanding of the Bible and what questions to ask. I've been a Christian my whole life, but it saddens me to say that most of my secular friends would hardly know that. I've been a lukewarm Christian almost my entire life, outside of short seasons of increased devotion and dedication. I really want to improve, and my wife needs a strong and capable leader to do so. I'm wondering if this could be something to cover that might help a lot of young men, maybe some older men too. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a great question. Well well thought out. And Yeah. Um, yeah. We, uh, just a couple Sundays ago, we kind of alluded to this, at least I did, a little bit offhand in conversation. Uh, around the sermon, and and that is almost how a lot of us, not every marriage, but it feels like a good amount of the people I talk to in within the faith almost feel tricked, like, God set this up for me to lead <laughs> as a man, as a husband, and then I get into this marriage, and my wife seems to be a more capable leader in this area of my life. Like now, mm-hmm. when it comes to this area, or maybe you know finances, or or you know house, or or this, we have different strengths. One of us better one place, one of us better another. But so many times, I hear men saying, well, "She seems to understand the Bible better than I do, and I'm supposed to lead her in this." Yeah. Or she seems to just hear the voice mm-hmm. of God when I'm struggling to hear it at all. Mm-hmm. Or we sit down to pray, and she she could go for an hour, and I I pray. <laughs> I mean, ten minutes, I'm out. Yeah, I'm, done. I'm done. I'm I'm tapping. Like, what what, what do I do here? What why is it set up like this that I would lead, and what does leading look like? Is it just I'm the new Bible study leader in my home if I'm the husband? Wow, this, is a, this isn't an uncommon question. We get this all the time, don't we? Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's, it, it's close to home in, in my life, and I think every man's life, every, every man for the most part, unless he's really extraordinary— has had to face this. I'm not sure I know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I'm called to do this, or I'm I'm commanded to do this. And I think it is yeah. clear. I think that first of all, in Scripture, God has called the man to to lead, and it doesn't yeah. mean lead in a dicta- dictatorship yeah. style or dominate. No, we're going to assume without. I mean, we need to explain a little bit. But when we say lead, and you say lead in this question, or anybody else. That you understand servant leadership when we yeah. when we, when we talk about leadership yeah. within Christianity, we're talking about servant leadership. So when we say I'm the leader of something, I'm the leader of a a team on a missions trip, or I'm the leader of a of a church, or I'm the leader in a business, or I'm the leader of my house, that we're talking about servant style of leadership. Yeah, which means I I serve first. I serve yeah. everyone on the team. <laughs> Yeah, I serve my wife, I serve my family. You know, I think part of this, going back to what you're saying about the women and the men, the differences, is Mm -hmm. that there are differences, obviously, biological, emotional, and others, Uh but, and those aren't wrong, they're just differences. Yeah. You know, that's, what's his name, Emerson Egerich, Dr. Egerich's favorite line, it's not wrong, it's just different, is that okay? Mm -hmm. And I think what motivates a man and what motivates a woman are very different inside, 
And I think, guys, we are wired to, uh, I'm speaking, I realize there are going to be some people say these are generalities, but let me go. Uh, we're wired to fix things. We're wired to figure things out. We're analytical. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we, we want to stop injustice. We want to rescue. This is why mm-hmm. our movies are geared yeah. to certain male and female, right? right? Certain genres of movies. Right. If you write a movie with a protagonist that's the hero that yeah. faces you know terrible odds and wins in the end, it's not sexist to say mostly men are going to want to go see that movie. Yeah. That's just, that's, what, that's yeah. how we're wired. We call them right? action movies. Yeah. 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 And and the woman I think is so designed beautifully by God to be intuitive. Mm-hmm. My wife is intuitive. She's uh, she's warm and tender. Yeah. You know, she's sympathetic. Where guys can sometimes just be, you know, almost standoffish and cold-hearted decisions or something mm-hmm. that that gives that appearance. But but I think there's something bigger at play. I really think that the bigger issue is what does it mean. Mm-hmm. According to Jesus, to lead well. What does it mean? First of all, to lead myself. Yeah. And here's if I'm not leading myself, it's going to be almost impossible to lead others. Yeah. And so the first order of business, I think, is to figure out as a man, regardless of whether I'm married or not, mm-hmm. as a man, single, married, or otherwise, what does it mean to lead myself? And I yeah. think that brings up maybe another question of what does it mean? to honor God in every area of my life. So in the Old Testament, God rebuked a group of men who were acting in unjustly, who were acting immorally, and he said, listen, he who honors me, I will honor. So that is like a question we can work on for the next 50 years. What does it mean as a man, regardless of my other status, to live a life that honors God mm-hmm. with my time, with my talents, with my opportunities, with my money, with my platform. What does that mean to honor God? With my think yeah. about those things: time, yeah. platform, abilities, money, resources. To in other words, to put God first. Right. That journey will open the door to a, 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 a thousand other rooms mm-hmm. if I set my face to go on that journey. Yeah. I, I think of a couple things. One I think of is a, a young couple I married um, a couple years ago, and uh, she's a worship leader, and uh, he's great, godly young man. Um, but in in premarital, you know, we're talking, and and I realize, you know, that he might be feeling outmatched. Yeah. Right. By her. Yeah. You know, a little bit her closeness to God, yeah. her you know everything, and like a lot of men feeling like. Oof, how do I lead this? Like, and and really just drilling down with him, like, look, um, her her whole ministry is about getting into the presence of God first before anybody else, and then opening up those doors and letting and inviting other people into that place of worship. But she, when she prepares to to lead worship on a Sunday, she's got to go and first prepare her heart, and and. You know, go before the presence of God, mm-hmm. and then she, when she's on the stage, now she has authority to invite other people into the place where she's been. Said you, you're not going to be on the stage. Sorry, you don't have those talents. Yeah, but you can, you can get up just a little bit before her and get in the presence of God. And I don't mean like in the morning. I'm yeah, just saying yeah. it's just going first. Leadership a lot is about going yep. first. So you, yeah. your job will be to go first before she gets there. Are you there? Have you been in the presence of God? Now she might come out with. Oh my goodness, she's written a brand new song and she's got this, you know, yeah. other things. That's okay. Like those aren't your giftings. Sure. It's not what you're supposed to do. Yeah. 
But you can be there, like warming up the presence of God, like getting in the room, you know, there first, and 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 praying, God, lead my wife as she comes in here to mm. ask about, you know, Sunday to mm. to to lead us in in congregational worship. Yeah. Like you're praying for her as she's as she's leading. That's yeah. one of the ways to lead. Now you might not know as many Bible verses as her right now. That's okay. You don't have to, but you can you can go first. Just go first. You know what does a leader do? That's a good one there. A leader goes first. A leader sets examples. Mm-hmm. A leader makes critical decisions. Yeah. A leader sets the direction mm-hmm. of the group, the team he's leading. I mean, leader yeah. in any sense of the word. I expect a leader, you should, we're following you, so where are we going? Yeah. They set the direction. Mm-hmm. A leader in, in an organization will set the culture of yeah. an organization, right? And so... Uh, to answer this particular oh, a question, a father has the ability yeah. to do all those things, to mm-hmm. set the direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can take practical things. Hey, are we going to be part of a local church community? Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Uh, and there's a lot out there to choose from, but we're going to choose one, and we're going to invest mm-hmm. in this community. Yeah. Hey, are we going to uh, have the television on while we're eating dinner? Mm-hmm. Not in our house. That's not our culture. Some houses, that's yeah. fine for Johnny down the street, but in this house... We're going to pause and we're going to pray before mm. we eat. We're not going to have the tell. We're not going to. We're not going to have that screen time. And you can. Yeah. You can set the culture and the direction of your home in so many different ways. Yeah. If you're willing to 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 yeah. actually uh, to take that initiative. It, uh, this is almost a controversial name right now, but I'll throw it out anyway. If uh, if Beth Moore's husband wanted to lead in his house, it doesn't mean he should necessarily be the one, like, I'm going to open up the Bible and teach you, Beth Moore, yeah. something. No, no. Because Beth Moore is a wonderful, wonderful yeah, teacher. I've known couples like this. Yeah, and she's, man, she's got that under control, but he is still called to lead, so that that culture piece, yeah. that that is so, yeah. so valuable. In this home, in this family, we're going to give, we're going to be generous. Yeah. We're not going to spend a bunch of money yeah. and buy a brand new car every two years. We're mm-hmm. going to take mission trips. You can, there's a, there's a hundred things, yeah. and you know a very practical way. I mean, reading the Bible is a super practical thing, uh, a habit of 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 what is God saying. You know, I've been doing something the last while that I think has transformed, and I've been walking with the Lord for 38 years. Mm. I started writing down scripture as I read it. That's like I'll write out. Half of John 14. I'll just, yeah. And you know what's crazy about it? This is a whole other podcast, but mm-hmm. I'd love to go back to this. Is It's kind of like the difference between driving through a neighborhood, riding your bike through a neighborhood, and then walking, walking. through a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You, I see all kinds of things I never saw. Yeah. So why don't you start there? Take the Gospel of John, yeah. get a journal, a blank book, and sit down and give 30 minutes and just begin to write down Scripture. Mm, that's good. And then listen to what God says. Or how about this yeah. one? What if you joined a men's group of men that you admire, mm-hmm. that you want to emulate, that are leading their families, and go, hey, how do you do this, man? Because mm-hmm. this seems this is a mystery to me, or this is difficult. And then listen to them instead of listening to just a group of men talking about football and hunting. Yeah, nothing wrong with football and hunting, but mm-hmm. your question isn't about how to be a good hunter yeah. or a good football player. But if you were going to want to be good at those things, isn't that who you'd go find? Mm-hmm. So what you want is, I want to be a good father. I want to be a good husband. Yeah, we'll get around some good fathers and husbands and ask yeah. some questions. That's good. You know what I've been doing. Uh, not that this is new, like writing isn't new, but I've been in most more of my quiet times reading the word out loud. Yeah. There's something about reading it out loud yeah. and that you hear it while you're mm-hmm. saying it, and it's just like there's something about Sticks. it. It does something different. Absolutely. So because in Revelation is where we're going, there is a promise not just to the hearers, but to the, the ones who read it. Like there's something about, you know, not just reading it, you know, 
silently, but hearing it. And so, like, well, the way to hear it is to read it out loud, right? And then I hear it at the yeah. same time. Any, I mean, there's so much research on brain development right yeah. now that reading and writing it does something. It, it, yeah. it engages your brain in a, in a yeah. totally. You need as way. many of your senses as possible <laughs> engaged. Well, uh, the one more thing I would say about this too, and maybe maybe we can just keep on talking about it. But uh, the other thing is, I think about this all the time because, um, you know, my wife and I, I, I always like to say she's smarter than me. Could be true. We, it could very well be true. Yeah. That, could, that could be just unqualified, just true. But we're just have different gifts. We're both smart sure. in different ways. You Wired know? different ways. And so I think sometimes we make the mistake of as a leader whether it be a business or a, or sports or anything, meaning that all the decisions have to be mine. When that's not the way it works. Like, because I'm going to come down, you were saying, like, like most couples, not every couple, there's definitely a lot of exceptions out there, but I tend to be logical and say, yeah. okay, because one, two, three, four, five, this is where we're at, we're at five. And she'll not be able to show me any of her work, you know, like on math, like show your work, She's just jumped to a conclusion intuitively yeah. and said, no, eight. It's not five at all. It's eight. And I'll be like, no, no, look, I've looked at it logically. One, two, three, four, five. We're at five. And she's like, no, I'm telling you, it's an eight. And I've learned to trust. Not every time. Sometimes right. I'm like, you need to listen to my logic. And sometimes I know I need to listen to your intuition, to your heart, to your spirit, to there's something going on inside of you that I'm going to trust mm-hmm. right now. And even though I would, without you, I would make this decision, but I'm not without you. I'm with God you, gave yeah. me a helper yeah. that is not just a, an assistant, it is a rescuer. And mm-hmm. so maybe God's trying to rescue me from this moment right now by saying something through my wife that I need to, to listen to. And it doesn't what? make me not the leader because I went with her decision. Right? Yeah. Isn't it interesting that you're describing a potential danger and an answer? And, a, and a, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, I could, you could, as a man, bully your way to yeah. the answer. Uh, mm-hmm. This is it. And then there's end of discussion. Yeah. But in the same way, I think a mistake can be made where um, a man wants to lead, he's trying to lead, but a wife can jump in and short circuit that. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? Instead yeah. of rescuing, instead mm-hmm. of hey, let's let's yeah. I, and again, I'm I'm on delicate ground here because it would take more time to explain what I'm yeah. saying, but mm-hmm. but I think sometimes there needs to be this backing off and making mm-hmm. space yeah. for different giftings yeah. and different callings and different wirings mm-hmm. because we're never going to have all the gifts. Yes. It, it, I have all the tools I need in my box, you have all no, mm-hmm. we're always going to be sharing the tools and you, sharing perspectives. You know how my wife has blessed me in this area, is she's allowed me to fail. Right. Right? Yeah. Without... There's times that... And and afterwards, like, because we... It's not like there's any dictatorship being talked about here, like that the man is the dictator of the house and whatever he does, you know. Yeah. There's a team involved, um, but there's been times she's like, I was so pretty sure that it was this, but you were pretty sure it was this, and I decided, you know what? I, I Honestly, I think... God put you here for a reason, mm. but well, I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to follow you whether we succeed or fail in this. And afterwards, she doesn't come around and go, well, I told you, yeah. and make me feel like, well, I can't lead, yeah. I, and I'll, next time I'll just let her make the decision because yeah. I was wrong this time. But she's allowed me to be right sometimes and be wrong sometimes because mm. God is over both of us, yeah. and whether you know I'm right or wrong, He has this as well. Like We're not alone in our decisions. 
And that's been a huge blessing because there's been times for sure that I've got it wrong and times that she got it wrong. And I thought, you know what? I think you got it right. We're going to go with you. You seem stronger in this. Let's, you know, and and maybe categories as well. Uh, if this is worth talking about, I, I don't know how much farther we want to go. But um, there are things I know. Okay, here's a really easy one. I know for a fact my wife has better taste than me. I know she does. In... Well, in just about everything, just about to everything. be honest. You're but, from you, Matilla, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but yes. <laughs> you know, and so sometimes when it's a matter of taste, it would be silly for me to insist. Yeah. It would be silly. Like, right. no, I've seen yeah. what you can do. This is going to be great. You're going to make yeah. this, you know, look great. And in, in numbers, she's better than I am, yeah. you know, with numbers. If she says, I think this is the right choice, you know, financially here, I'm like, well, I've, I've, I've learned you, you have better, you're a little bit better at this. I'm, I'm going to... Yeah. It's so interesting, you know, in years of leadership, you know, and I've been in leadership for many years in all different organizations, I I used to feel like guilty about certain things I wasn't good at, like, say, yeah. for example, accounting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can do it if my life depended on yeah. it, but it'd be very basic mm-hmm. enough to keep me, you know, out of jail and pay the IRS. But, yeah. but what I realized is, like, I don't have enough life to spend my time trying to be good at something I'm not called to be good at, mm-hmm. I'm not wired to be good at. Yeah. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hire an accountant. Yeah. I'm going to staff my weaknesses. Uh-huh. And in a marriage, it's an easy thing because yeah. it's already there. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife and I, for years, one of the things we love to do in the summer is kayak. And for years, mm-hmm. we had individual kayaks, which is fun. Put them on the truck, unload yeah. them, put them in the water, and we just kind of keep up with one another. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, we thought, you know what? Let's get rid of the individuals and buy a tandem kayak. Mm-hmm. It was so interesting because the first time we got in it, <laughs> it wasn't like we were never been in a kayak. Yeah. And it wasn't like we weren't in the water and we didn't have, we had all the same equipment. Yeah. The only difference was we were both in the kayak. Yeah. And what we had to do was realize there's a way mm. this kayak is going to work if we're going to get anywhere. Mm. There's a way it's going to keep going straight. Mm-hmm. And that's if we learn to paddle in, yeah. in a rhythm together. Because yeah. if you don't, you end up going in circles or going down the river backwards, mm-hmm. right? And, and especially if you hit any kind of rough water. And so I think that's such a great metaphor of marriage. Like, I need you. I need what I can't do. I can't paddle on both sides at the same time mm-hmm. of a kayak. I can only, and you can only paddle on one side. So let's do this together and make it an enjoyable ride. Mm. Well, practically in in here too, I would just say part of this question. He says, "I've always struggled with my understanding of the Bible and what questions to ask." I've been a Christian my whole life, but a lot of my friends might not even know it. I'd, I'd say it par- partially like those are muscles that can be grown. Absolutely, there, yeah. there's no Don't reason to feel like you have to stay there, and it's okay if. Like say, if you're married to a Beth Moore, well, that's all right. She's gonna, she's got a right. certain gift that you might not have, yeah. but you can exercise a gift. You can exercise and strengthen a muscle. It is it is there, and there are lots of ways to do that. Joining a, mm-hmm. a group of men, uh, yep. joining a discipleship class that we we yep. offer, uh, Bible study. I mean, I I think it's okay to share their their names. You know, Scott and Angela. Angela's been saved for a long time. Scott got saved well later mm-hmm. into their marriage. Angela had a lot more time in the yeah. Word of God. But man, when Scott... He's gone for it. When he got Jesus, he got yeah. Jesus, yeah, and yeah. he opened up his Bible, and he yeah. he went for it's it, never right? too late. So it's never, ever yeah. too late. Never too late. Yeah. Hmm. That's good stuff. Whoever wrote that, well done. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And there's there's more questions you know, here too, but I think we, we got to leave them maybe for another time, it, but it, uh, it's, it's worth doing. I know... Uh, I always feel a little bit bad about saying this, you know, write in your questions. We can't get to every question, so please don't feel bad if we don't don't get to your, your question. Uh, but we would love to see them and, uh, and and interact with them. I think it's one of the one of the ways we can possibly uh, help and be, yeah. be a pastor. So. Yeah, that's cool. 
reach out and let us know if there's any questions mm-hmm. you have for us, anything we can do uh, to help, or uh, if you just want to get a hold of us and talk, we're, yep. we're around. And if you're a Cubs fan, we'd like to, we'd, I'd like to know about that, just to know who's in the room. And the Yankees fans can just... Well, the Yankees fans, yeah. You'll pray for them. Yeah, we'll be praying for you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. We'll yeah. see you on Sunday. God bless.